0: Welcome to the televerse
1: streaming in place,
0: Elizabeth. hello everyone. We're back for day three of streaming in place. And Allison, you're back with us. So glad you are, you're well, and there's not constant like radiator banging noises. Clang,
2: clang, it was clang, it was absurd. It
1: was like, um, uh, you couldn't imagine like a worse thing to happen while you're stuck at home and have a migraine it was just absurd it was like it was like invented to torture me ah <laughs> ah like i was being punished <laughs> and if you can see like by episode three right that's already
0: such a strong theme i felt like such an idiot when i watched this for the first time because i like hadn't made that connection that like that that was going to be there in for the like why lucifer is not a copping because he like his thing is to punish people like I, then they they started getting you know talking about that in episode two, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's obvious. I'm I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Allison, did you want to give us any thoughts on season, uh, episode two since you were not able to join us yesterday?
1: Oh. um let's see I mean I enjoyed it I I sat down to watch episode two and then episode three with Tom Rewatch episode two so he could catch up and then watch episode three with Tom and he kept being like well you know I just procedurals aren't my thing I just don't know and then he watched the all of them right And just like sat there staring because that's the effect of these shows they just suck you in and then you live them and it's great um The thing I thought about the most actually is whether or not Jeremy Davies is a huge asshole, because I don't understand why he doesn't get more work um, and why he so often shows up as like a day player when he's got. A, quite a lot of name recognition and I think face recognition like it feels like he should be like a Bill Camp and instead he's just not I don't know it was these are the things I contemplate but I I liked it I liked the story I liked um, the idea of redemption I liked I really liked the um, the 10 paces at dawn moment at the end um, so yeah good thumbs up from me
0: Okay, well, let's talk about episode three, the would-be Prince of Darkness. And, uh, yeah, so, so this one, this is the first one for me that I was watching. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how this one, this for me is the weak point so far in the run. I think there's a lot of fun stuff here, but when we get to our big boardroom thing toward the end, I just kept thinking, you know, like I said about the pilot, I was thinking about Angel and how Angel did that scene, but then he kicked a guy out the window. <laughs> And he burned up before he hit the ground. And that was a way more fun way to end a scene like this. Um, so it, it for me, it while I enjoyed this episode, it got a bit too on the nose and cliche with some of its beats, especially like the monologue from The Fixer about uh, about the victim and everything. So it was a little bit of a blip for me. Uh, Nolan, I'm going to throw it to you. What,
2: what did you think? Yeah, it's fine, I think. It's it's weirdly like the weakest of the three episodes i agree uh because normally like you expect the second pilot to be the weakest of like a quart of three episodes because you've already watched the pilot and then you have to watch it again but this is sort of this episode is sort of all right we've got everything laid out we're not going to worry about it in terms of like some of our stuff like a minute deal isn't even in this episode i think is that correct like he doesn't pop up at all i think yeah i don't think so um, to be like, you need to come back to hell. And that just doesn't happen in this episode because they're just like, we've got a procedure. We're going to get to it. We're going to stick with it. And we're also going to have this B-plot with the stolen identity thing, which seems way too early to do a stolen identity sort of plot. But they're just like, we're going to get out of the way now too. And so, yeah, it's just, it's not super interesting. Um, and I think that the... The red herrings aren't particularly compelling, or they're just really over the top in terms of a car explodes, and it just feels too big for this kind of a plot line, really, to me anyway. So it was just kind of there, uh, mostly what I, yeah, so it was just kind of there, and I was not particularly compelled by it. So, yeah. Allison, how did you feel?
1: oh i had some issues with this one um i sort of liked the b plot and that i was i was pretty into i'm in in general into watching this person this being sorry become progressively more human in a way that's like itchy almost like in addition to being discomforting it's like he just can't deal um so i so i agree that it seems early for a story like that but it was um but i was relatively engaged with that one and particularly the end um, when he decides to let him go and the effect that has on the other relationships and whatnot. I don't, I don't want to be all, Hey, we're all in quarantine. Um, Let me get out my soapbox. Um, But I had, I had some issues (laughs) with, um, uh, with the poor uh, actress turned, escort turned sting operation who's ultimately murdered by the agent who's looking for leverage like it just um the uh, women get murdered by their partners all the time (laughs) um i don't think that Everybody just sort of, or certainly, uh, we're expected to kind of, I think, assume that Lucifer is right, um, from the get go, um, which is fine. I guess as a red hair, it just, there's, I'm having a hard time articulating it. There's something about it that I found extremely off putting, um, particularly given the video footage that we see of his, outburst when he discovers that she's been taping him. And because we don't see any sort of conversation after that, um, in terms of their confrontation or whatever, it just felt really, really incomplete. Um, And I, I just kind of at the end of it felt like they didn't actually get the right guy, even though he confessed. It was very weird to me. Did either of you have a reaction like that? I didn't think about it in that way. But when you say that, that makes complete sense and i yeah you
0: absolutely are supposed to just believe that you'll be with lucifer and he's right and he just knows but there's no engaging with the the notion that there are lots of people who seem very um very kind and warm and nice and would never do such a thing who do such a thing every day like yeah. and so so the lack of any willingness to examine that possibility or to give it the weight it deserves I can see how that is troubling or even to just to have Decker throw out the statistic of like X totally Y uh, domestic homicides are perpetrated by the, you know, the romantic partner or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, and especially add it when you, then when you layer in, he's, in love with like a super fan who exhibits stalking behavior. So then the romantic interest is a stalker and that is super complicated and kind of icky, I think. Um, and certainly we know again, based on statistics that there are a lot of crimes perpetrated by people who experience sexual shame in some way. So when you have this pressure to have an image and it's at conflict with what he actually wants. So I guess, I've arrived at this. I have two issues. One is that I just don't think that the mystery, um, makes all that much sense. Like it feels like there are a bunch of beats skipped. And I guess it's three things because then also I find it really squicky. And because it just is just, um, a bunch of kind of ugly stereotypes and a bunch of assumptions that I don't think are great. And then, uh, the third thing was really important. And what was it? Um, Oh, I just think there's a more interesting episode out there. I think every single one of these stories, there's a more interesting version of it. And instead, it was just kind of like a whodunit that didn't feel all that suspenseful and that didn't seem rooted in the discoveries of the characters. And yeah, it was a frustrating episode for me.
2: Right. I think that there's a better sort of procedural version of this, like on elementary, where issues like the statistics are there. Someone like Joan who would have those statistics like readily available, and like her brain, because that's who Joan Watson is, or just that acknowledgement of that environment escal- escalates and elevates the discussion. Even like I think instances of like Sherlock himself would be like, no, statistically it's all of this, and also here are various reasons why, and. It all, like you say, Allison, it all gets kind of like skipped over because Lucifer's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I've, got a, I've got a whole bead on this because of who I am. And it's, right. it's a good out for when you just kind of want to like mess around if your like case isn't built on the things that it's built on. If you want to do something else with that kind of an idea of having us be on Lucifer's side the whole time, don't center it around this kind of an episode, this kind of a discourse with this kind of larger casting issues or larger narrative issues of violence in sports and that kind of domestic violence in sports. Um, Because you can do that with like a heist or a robbery or that kind of a thing. But you, when you negate sort of the social context in which an episode is taking place, even in 2016 or especially in 2016, Um, it feels really weird, not for any of that to really be present. Um, and it, it just feels like a, no one, no, this didn't get enough drafts or like not enough interrogation within the writer's room. Your point about elementary, I think is really well taken. And I was
1: just sort of imagining what the SVU version of this episode would be. Right, And I almost
2: said SVU and then I went, but We know what the SVU episode of this is, sort of. Right. Yeah.
1: So, which I think is maybe part of the problem, because it seems like an SVU episode that got jammed into like a Lucifer-sized box, only it doesn't really fit because it doesn't have the framework and the background and the expectations that something like SVU has. This is like if they had tried to do... God, can you... Can you imagine if they had tried to do this episode on Sherlock, speaking of other adaptations? Oh. Of, <laughs> well, first of all, right? I don't like, think he
2: would do it because like the idea of dealing with athletes, just he would just be so exhausted.
1: <laughs> he probably would. And he would not be into the agent either. Um, i You also mentioned casting issues. And I think that that is sort of a problem, too, because I couldn't really get a lead on. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the character's name, the um the kid who we know for sure is innocent because he's never had sex before and lose for life. Ty, um, Ty thank you. Um, I just sort of couldn't get a read on who he was. Like he was cool, but also insecure and also sheltered, but he didn't seem uncomfortable. And like he had game, you know, it just, it didn't, if we're talking about extremely religious high profile football quarterbacks, the model is obviously Tim Tebow. Right. And you watch an interview with Tim Tebow and that's like, that's not this character. That's somebody else entirely. Or like I, now that I'm, uh, now that I've been sucked into the bachelor universe, I watched an entire season about, (laughs) about a football player and his whole storyline was nonstop jokes about how he hadn't had sex yet. And, um, and like, it just didn't, it didn't, come across as true for me. And I think some of that is probably the writing, but maybe some of it is a, a miscast as well. Kate, how do you feel about that?
0: Um, I It didn't b- bother me too much, but I can see what you're saying. And certainly it's not interested in interrogating. Like you guys have said, it's not interested in really getting into these larger issues. And um, it'll be interesting to see how you guys respond to to other episodes that come up um, where where maybe we would like more curiosity and more um depth to the approach to the case of the week when it's just gonna be an opportunity to get these characters hanging out together and like solving a mystery and really that they're they're not even all that interested in it and like chloe will be but there are times lucifer really is not um i think the best episodes don't do that but some you know that's not uh, like let the, let's get our, our excuse for everybody to be in the same room out of the way and now let's just have them have fun together is, is not an unusual thing for Lucifer. So I'm not like, there aren't particular episodes that come to my mind, but I will be curious to see if this becomes a recurring issue for you guys, or if the show gets better at handling that as it goes along. So we'll see. Um, what are you guys thinking of in this episode? Um, well, this it, we, it, we had a mention of it last episode, but I enjoy that by episode three, we're already to Dan the douche. Uh, do we have any thoughts On Dan the douche,
1: can we have have thoughts?
2: (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Is like, can we have any thoughts? Like, he's still not registering for me as a character at all. Like, he just seems like every time he shows up, I just kind of zoom, I just kind of zone out a little bit. And it's not Kevin Alejandro's fault, because I like Kevin, Kevin Alejandro a fair bit. Like, I liked him on Arrow when he was playing Brother Blood, and that was kind of an underwritten role, and he made it work better than it really should have, especially in a season where you've got Manau Bennett just, like, sucking up the rest of the oxygen but here i don't know that he knows what he's supposed to do um or what he's supposed to be other than just kind of a jerk and but it's not even a compelling jerk like you you look at him and go wait why were you and decker together like it doesn't there's not a reason for me to think that they've been together um let alone have a kid And it's just kind of a weird sort of dynamic that I don't have a grasp on. And I don't know that the show either has one or cares because they're just already deeply invested in Lucifer and Decker.
1: Yeah. I, um, I think I'm like a little warmer than you are, Noel, but I think that's mostly just because I also really like Calvin Alejandro and I also thought he was very good and kind of a thankless role on Arrow. Um, so I, a thing I really like to watch actors do is fill in the blanks when there's a lot going on um, subtextually and obviously there's a lot of background, but none of it's been brought out yet. So you you end up sort of um, sewing things in yourself uh, and it feels like there's a lot of that going on. I've been interested in their scenes together, um, but yeah, it's hard to really have a have a read at this point. Kate, when is this when you got invested in this character? Who I assume is around for quite a while, since apparently he has a nickname. <laughs>
0: well, he has. I mean, it gets referenced in this episode a few times, so that's why I mentioned it. But um, the thing that I think is interesting about him at this point, it, which is there's not much there. You guys, are, I wholeheartedly agree. There's like almost nothing there. But the the show's portrayal of the police department and specifically how these two engage with that is interesting to me. And like the right, right in the pilot, right. Lucifer calls out the LAPD as being very corrupt and you get the sense that he, as someone running a club where there are obviously lots of illegal drugs going on um, has some experience, you know, navigating some of that. And clearly Decker has an issue with the rest of the force. People won't work with her, that kind of a thing. So there's supposed to be. There's supposed to be strain there between uh, Chloe and Dan around, like, oh, just open and shut this, and you know, just move it, al- move it along. He, like, you get the sense that he's not supposed to be a uh, particularly uh, good cop, um, but or like, like he's good at his job, but he might not be on the up and up. But then in this episode, you see him. They give him these beats of being diligent and double checking, and like, you know, sticking his nose out more than you would expect him based on the writing in the previous two episodes. And so that seems to be shifting at this point of like, you know, I should have just let this go, but you asked me to check it out. So I did, and I'm going to do my job. And, you know, and as soon as there is evidence to suggest no look deeper, he does. So that is something that I I kind of saw and noted in this episode that I thought was a little interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was for this character in particular, it was the most interesting of the three episodes, I think, by a considerable stretch. Um, And I like him a lot. So I want to see, I want to see more and I want to learn more. And I think that is probably the point this early in the series.
0: Yeah. We have an important question for you, Alison, Noel and I, and it is about Dr. Linda. And we were discussing this yesterday. It was Noel's idea and Noel's thought. And I had, it hadn't occurred to me, but I, I, we want your thoughts. Um, So did Dr. Linda, always have a fold-out couch in her office or did she (laughs) buy a new couch after she met lucifer
1: um hmm i think she always had one but it's because she's married to her work so sometimes (laughs) she just ends up working really late and then crashes at the office Mm -hmm. and now she's glad that she has it
2: because it's there for all of the banging.
0: And she's definitely um, gotten some new sheets. Those purple sheets are real. Oh, no, new. she's
2: definitely gotten new sheets and, like, sexy sheets. Yeah, I...
1: Sometime we should have um, uh, a friend of mine uh, who is a... Relation of someone who's listening right now, um, who is a lingerie expert. <laughs> Come talk to us because Dr. Linda's lingerie choices are fascinating to me because like, what is she wearing to work? Is she scheduling? Like, how is, does Lucifer have a set schedule? Like, does he have a block like everybody else who's in therapy? And if so, does that mean that she has special underwear for the days that Lucifer is coming in? And if not, if he's just going to show up, which it seems like he's the type, then does she have, like, special lingerie there? Like an emergency stock. Yeah. Or is she a person who's just constantly wearing her cutest lingerie, which some people are, but, like not many (laughs) Um, because it's like it's uncomfortable so um some of those bras she's wearing I'm like that is really cute that is absolutely not something you wear under a blouse I mean I guess maybe like there's a camisole I don't know I'm fascinated by Dr. Linda's lingerie choices so that we should we should have my friend Keenan come talk to us about Dr. Linda's lingerie at some point She's talked to us about Outlander underwear on quite a number of occasions, so she's prepared. It's like that's, she's got a beat now. Yeah, that's quality
0: content over at Outlander Drunkcast. For those who are curious, go check it out. <laughs> it's very good. Um, the other character I wanted to check in and see where you guys are at with her right now is Mazikeen. Any new thoughts on on her after what we got in last episode, this episode, and Noel with her here? Do you like if it, it feels like they are setting her up. To be impatient and to be a pretty big, like a uh, a potential pivot point, right? Uh, with Lucifer's actions, especially if he he seems to be steering into this change, um, in his per- uh, personality and in his interests by the end of the episode, and that's clearly a problem for her. Where where you what do you guys feel about that corner of the show?
1: Mm. Um, well, my favorite scene in this episode is the culmination of the B story, um, where she says, Oh, this is so hot, it's like you're punishing yourself, which is so on the nose, but really made me laugh. And like watching that realization flash across his face and then he goes running off to therapy. He's like, Yep, that seems about right. That's good. <laughs> um, like that's perfect. Um Yeah, I guess it just, I'm having a hard time pinning down what is like, um, generic, evil, sexy, and what is actual character work. Like, I guess I'm still having a hard time pinning her down, but it's interesting to have somebody present whose thoughts and feelings about Lucifer's actions are directly related to her own existence and her own desires, it's like selfish desires, um, as opposed to like, um, I don't know, like a, something more politically motivated, I guess. Um, like, it seems very primal, I suppose. Yeah. Like it's a like a like a deep seated need as opposed to some sort of agenda. Although who knows, could be wrong. But that scene was very interesting to me in watching her get progressively more excited about what was happening, and then like the total letdown um was uh very recognizable when you watch somebody in a sex scene and then the sex stops. Only instead of sex, it was torturing a, a guy who's pretending to be Lucifer, and then it doesn't happen.
2: What about you, Noel? Yeah, I like this idea of it being primal. Someone yesterday described her as sort of a disgruntled employee and I've been thinking about that a little bit in terms of how she behaves in this episode in terms of how long has she been dealing with being on Earth with Lucifer in terms of Mm -hmm. just the overwhelming kind of sense of boredom of waiting for Lucifer to once again be that would be Prince of Darkness and do on to earth what he did in hell if to speak biblically um since he's less he seems less interested in being overly violent right now he seems less interested in being overly torturous that kind of a thing in terms of how he's dealing with folks and i i, I so it becomes like an issue sort of like with um dan's character of how are we filling in things and where are those blanks coming from? And I think that like Leslie-Ann Brandt who plays Maze has sort of a bead on this whole thing in terms of in her own head, she sort of has an idea. And I think that sometimes peeps out in terms of how really convincingly Brandt plays up the frustration and the anger. But the narrative hasn't caught up to that performance, I think, or those aspects of the performance in a way that, makes it feel justified and instead just makes it feel like she's just really upset and you just keep waiting for her to leave basically and just start causing havoc on her own, but she doesn't. And then the question for that becomes, well, why hasn't she left? And I think that's a really good question, but the fact that I'm sort of having to ask that question in episode three, I feel like is a problem of character arc and pacing. Hmm.
0: More on that later. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: That's the thing is like Kate has all this privilege right now, of mm-hmm. being able like, oh, these noobs, they don't <laughs> understand anything.
0: Well, what I think is interesting, you know, it's a very important role, right? You need somebody on the show who knows him from before. So if yes. he's changing, you need someone to be able to, you know, get a sense of maybe he was more like. Mazikeen, or more like somebody who was very close with Mazikeen, clearly, um, when it when he was in hell and when he was ruling over hell, um, and before then, even maybe, who knows? But, um. So that you have a contrast point, and so that you can have these discussions. Otherwise, everybody on the show that is meeting him for the first time or has known him since he was in L.A. Uh, so, so it's that's an important contrast. You need that that kind of role within the different dynamics. Um, but I, you know, as you guys are talking about it, I actually thought of it. It really feels like, especially in our shelter-in-place kind of, you know, coronavirus quarantine situation it 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 feels a little familiar it's like well i can't really you get the sense that she can't really or she's not willing to do anything that she knows would upset lucifer right so she's not willing to go do mayhem or whatever but if he is on board then she gets to have fun and so i was connecting to that on a coronavirus level it's like well i can't go outside and i've already cleaned the entire bar twice and i've already like come on let's do something i'm so bored um well you can
2: go outside you just you just have to stay away from people when you go yes, outside. Yes, but
0: I, I, and, the, and the the parallel here is the uh the the you can mess with humans, but right. only in you know don't give them only both from guns. a six
2: foot distance can you mess with the humans.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the, I think there's um tracking that that dynamic is is telling, and at this point it, it is like you know there there will be I mean obviously there's going to be some friction there, but um but it's. Where it's at right now, I think, is interesting. And you could tell that she's uh, with with the torturing of the what's his face from um, Justin, who who keeps that British accent up too long, really, under the circumstances. Um, The, you know, just how she's like, because it's such a low level thing, but she's just so bored that she'll, she's just like gloms onto it so quickly. Um, I think there's a lot of fun and potential for that dynamic as long as it, the show is able to maintain the balance. So, cause she, we're also getting a lot of humor from her.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that was part of why I like that scene so much is the sort of the, once I started thinking partially because she was so obviously turned on with like the mm-hmm. whipping, whatever oh, yeah. um, that connecting it, to sex opened all of these sort of interesting parallels because then it was I just kept waiting for it to be like kiss make out with each other but that's (laughs) not what it is right but it but it allowed me to understand why she wants these things to happen and what it does for her in a really immediate way without having to be explicit about it which I think was pretty clever um but she definitely was like two inches from being like no kiss kiss him kiss him kiss him (laughs) was great was really fun yeah. And yeah, the accent stayed too long, but it was exactly the right kind of bad. Like just plausible enough that you can tell that he thinks it's pretty great and it could potentially maybe fool someone, especially after a couple drinks. Right. But bad enough that it is identifiably immediately a fake accent was really like great, primo.
0: Um any quick thoughts on Trixie for me? She just continues to be adorable. I enjoy tricks. Yeah. So that's all I have. She's a great. She's great. Very charming.
1: Love it. Yeah. She's the best. Okay. Yeah. Well, top tier TV kid. Yeah.
0: If anybody in the chat has any questions, throw them in the chat for uh, the, the group chat, but otherwise um, final thoughts on this episode. Hopes for, you know, the next couple ones to come.
1: Um, again, as with the first episode, I feel like I'm being, The way that I'm discussing the show makes it seem like I'm enjoying it less than I am. Um, I really, like I said, had issues with the A story, but um, I'm just, it's really nice to be watching something where I'm like, "Ooh!" and then I have to stop because if I watch two episodes in a row, I'm going to confuse them. So, um, you know what I mean? So like, so I haven't seen episode four yet. And it was really hard for me to just be like, no, Netflix, Netflix. Don't stop, um, which is great. That's a really, it's a cool feeling. It's, I always love discovering something new where you just want to keep going, especially when watching TV is your job. That's always a valuable thing. Um, I also, just because you people are the only people I will see today other than Tom, um, <laughs> want to show off my shirt. It says, it's a Ryan Johnson who done it, duh. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> I was, nice. I'm
1: very pleased with it. It's so soft. Um but you know, no one is going to see it cuz we're all just going to be in our holes. Forever. If you start getting too creative
0: with your outfits, it's gonna put a lot of pressure on the room. I'm just saying. I it's do not have cool. It's literally
1: shirts. just a t-shirt. Well, fast forward two weeks, I'm gonna be in full drag. I will have blocked out my eyebrows, uh-huh. penciled mm-hmm. on bigger ones, two wigs together. It'll be like um like a Rakam Sakura's ball and cup thing, and I'll be mm-hmm. doing this, and then there'll be a tearaway, and another the tearaway is another tearaway. No.
2: <laughs> second can happen it's just a t-shirt <laughs> well whereas i'm trying to figure out how to record in every room in my house already so <laughs> this is a completely different room from the previous two uh sessions so i'm just like how can i record in every room in the house and how can i do it from all the closets because we have a number of closets and they're all kind of scary so <laughs> do that
1: also i like that lamp and i want to see your poster what's that poster
2: oh um the ones behind me they're like states they're like the united states except we're missing the midwest in time (laughs) they belong to sarah lynn so um i just i don't yeah i I forget the story that's great because that's
1: it's a portrait of what people in new york and la think the country looks like so it's perfect yeah except
2: my part my partner loves the midwest she
1: i'm just teasing
2: okay (laughs) just teasing i'm from Atlanta, so like it's a weird sort of inferiority complex even though we're technically the east coast um but south so it's different um
1: uh i have only except for for work i've only ever lived in the midwest so i just think it's hilarious when people just fly right over no one lives here it's just (laughs) corn corn and cows corn and hot dish
2: that's that's all it is
1: (laughs) yep and gary indiana and that's it that's all anybody knows
0: well on the note of Gary, Indiana. Now that it's playing in my head, the song, you can't say Gary, Indiana without me going to music, man. Um, I think we're going to call it there for today. Um, thank you to Marcus and Scotty and Tanya for showing up today for the zoom. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for episode four, uh, which is manly whatnots. Um, and it's, it's a fun one. So right yeah tanya's excited i'm very excited <laughs> uh anyways we'll see what you guys think <laughs> i don't want to overhype anything so i'm not not gonna say anything else but there's some there's some fun coming our way tomorrow so for that uh that's gonna wrap up the streaming place for today we'll be back tomorrow bye guys
2: bye bye,
1: bye.